0: so much for joining us on the bookshelf boyfriends podcast vicky james welcome welcome hi (laughs) i am i say i because stevie's not here as i told on the intro but i am super excited to have you okay this all happened because i was posting like my favorite i think it was like my favorite books that make me feel like taylor swift's like uh red album or whatever
1: yeah yeah on instagram yeah.
0: People were asking for me to post like the recommendations or whatever. And I had posted one, which I mean I don't think that it feels like Taylor Swift, but it very much does give me that angsty, like love it to death. And I was like, this is like my all time favorite rock star romance. And like, nobody can say otherwise. <laughs> um, and then we started talking and I was like, yeah, you got to come on the podcast because I'm like literally obsessed.
1: So here you are. It's a <laughs> no brainer. Sign me up. <laughs> <far>. <laughs> as long as there was beer involved, I'm, I'm there.
0: yes exactly me too so yeah we both have beers and we're super excited um no but I and like Stevie had we had like apparently never talked about the fact that we had both read your books but when I first started um like reading I guess like indie romance and like getting into the genre or whatever I was like because I'm very much a mood reader right so I'll like read like 8,000 hockey things in a row yeah and then I got on this rock star kick and I was like where are all the rock star romances I know they're here and when I found Cherry Beats, I was like, I, the, nothing is ever gonna live up to this ever." <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you. <laughs> <Best> <laughs> ever like I don't under I can't read anything else because this is gonna be this is it. So we're gonna
1: you. compliment.
0: Oh, you're most welcome. So we're gonna <laughs> talk about um, your books and Cherry Beats, starting yeah. it off, and uh, yeah. the kind of like the God the series in general. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, I love this book. It's like my favorite rockstar romance of all time and I love Cherry, who's aka Tessa. She was like snarky and spunky, but like also like awkward, and I loved that. So like (laughs) what was your favorite part of writing her
1: character? I think think Tessa for me was the most me I've ever written in a character. She was, I was just for, for sort of six years before that, I'd written very high angst romances that were the women were weak but they were that they were kind of softer they were you know softer around the edges and I just got to the point where I'd written so much of the same that I thought I really want to write somebody that reminds me of me you know all the all the all the the mistakes I've made all the things that I've said that I shouldn't have said the opportunities I've probably lost by holding back things and and I, it, I just started writing it. And I, I don't know if you know that before I was Vicky James, I was Victoria L. James. I was, no. um, yes, I wrote under a different name. Um, I was, you know, under the radar, writing under a different name. And I didn't know when I first released that there was another author out there who was far more successful than me. And she was called Victoria James. Mm-hmm. And we kept getting confused. Um, and when this idea of the Rockstar romance with Cherry Beats came in, I just thought, I'm going to change my name and write it and release it under a different name mm-hmm. under Mickey James so everyone would know it was me but you know slightly different name and I'm going to go for it and write what I really want to write not what I think I should be writing if that makes yeah. sense yeah so literally this first chapter as soon as I sat down I didn't do the prologue at first where she's younger I did I went straight into chapter one of her in the bar yeah And it just absolutely poured out of me it flew it flew out of my fingers like you wouldn't like nothing else and it just felt like Tessa for me felt like home whenever oh. I picked up and wrote her, I was like this is this is me um so she was she was so much fun to write she was just I mean that makes me sound like I'm saying I'm fun I you know no, <laughs> I it's know. fine I no. she she was just so freeing and she had this snarky comeback for everything but underneath everything. underneath that edge you could see there was a really vulnerable girl that just wanted to love this man and and to love him forever, but she thought he was way out. She had a very simple life, you know, working down the bar, nothing pushing her forward, no great achievements. And Presley, who she'd been watching for years, had all everything yeah. ahead of him. And she just knew what why would he want me? Why why would he want me? What have I got to offer him? So you could see that real kind of push and pull from the start of I want him, but I can't have him. Mm -hmm. And then obviously when when the opportunity came around, that was just- It happened. It happened.
0: I I liked that she was, I mean, she's one of the most relatable female characters I've ever read because while she's also snarky and spunky and has like these amazing comebacks (laughs) and her and Presley's banter is just amazing. Um, like I said, she's also, like, awkward, and, like, she, like, yeah, has, like, these moments where she's vulnerable, like you said, and speaking of, listen, I'm telling you, and I think it was, like, it has, I said something about, like, how it has my favorite scene of all time in it, and that's when the she's playing listening to bed of roses by bon jovi i was like i was like this is the most amazing thing i've ever read and when she turned around and he was there i i had to put my kindle down i was like (laughs) oh my god
1: i was like i was like it's gonna happen you can almost see that scene on 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 like the big screen can't you you can see that oh yeah her her turning around and realizing he's there watching
0: i had to like shield my eyes i was like oh (laughs) no i i'm such like a mood like a uh, i guess like a physical reader that like when yeah. something like that happens i'm like oh no she didn't Second-hand bad. yeah yeah so bad so i bad. get it <laughs> so presley i loved him i loved his character i like that he was not your typical kind of like rock star he had like a very dynamic personality and he was also mm-hmm. just like i love him i just loved him okay yeah. and i have been dying great. to know this answer and i need to know what inspired the leather jacket and its importance
1: Okay, this is this is a really simple answer, and it might not be as exciting as you. It not matter. I still <laughs> don't know. So the I don't know if you know, but the inspiration behind Presley, um, the muse for him, is Christopher Mason, the model. <gasps> I love him. Don't even forget. Yeah, right. Everybody does, but i never seen him before. I was just scrolling through Pinterest, yeah, and um, I saw him, and it was literally like a stop. Whoa wow moment when I saw him he has that face doesn't he you know oh yeah it's like (laughs) great god it's like what the that he's not human he's he's like just molded to perfection in in oh I know but there was one shot of him when he had longer hair and he's standing on a rooftop I think it is in somewhere like LA and he's got nothing on underneath and just this leather jacket with some dark skinny jeans oh and when I saw that and bearing in mind that I was already kind of Cherry Beats was in my head already that I was going to write it yeah And I knew who Tessa was going to be. And then as soon as I saw Christopher Mason in that shot, I was like, wow. And the leather jacket, more than his face, believe it or or not, (laughs) was what stood out for me. And I was like, that's his signature look. Like, you know, that is his thing. Like no matter what, even if if he's been told on a photo shoot he's to be bare-chested or he's got to have his jacket with him. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of went from there really. And I didn't really realise the significance of it until... The scene where he hands her the, the jacket Gafferati? with no with the cat oh, no. with, when she sent when he sends the jacket back with the oh yeah yeah, and yeah. like and gets her to you know do what yeah. he makes her do with it so that was that was the moment i was like this is more than just a jacket this oh yeah this is a jacket
0: with <laughs> the, a- the paparazzi like grabs at it and he like oh. pops
1: off bro I was like oh my god, I was in tears I was like oh my god I love him so much I love it I love it he's, this, is, he's this guy that loves music but isn't that bothered by fame mm-hmm. so but I don't think Cherry ever saw that she thought that he wanted the fame as well and yeah. then when she realized that he didn't that's when she started to open herself up to him a little bit more yeah and then um, yeah it's just beautiful
0: beautiful star beautiful. <laughs> all right so we're gonna go next which is dirty rock and Rhett Ryan is my baby daddy period <laughs> I love this man he is chef kisses okay yeah. so what do you think the hardest part of Rhett's character was to write because you know he was a little bit of a he was that a little was little the hot
1: ha- that was the hardest part in Cherry Beats mm-hmm. by the end of it you didn't really like Rhett you, yeah he's very, very much, much manho yeah you're like what a what a douche you know you know why 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 would anyone want to write a book about him but yeah. when I was injecting bits of Rhett into into Cherry Beats I kind of knew there was a backstory to him mm-hmm. that had made him that way that would that had made him you know be a bit of an, an idiot and he wasn't just snarky and you know quick to bite like Tess was he was mean oh yeah malicious
0: <laughs> he went for your throat yeah he he
1: said the things that nobody else in the room would say so I love a challenge and I really wanted to write something from a rock star point of view because obviously I'd done the book which Tessa was it was from her point of view and you know following Presley and we didn't see Presley's point of view till the end but I wanted to write a rock star romance from the actual rock star mm-hmm. and I thought what better way to do it than Rhett but the biggest part was making his journey a likable one, yeah, and a redeemable one. And you know, at first, I really want to show that grittiness of what he is, and with the lap dancers and the, the drugs. And I was the, like, I love
0: him. I love him.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> in love. And, <laughs> everything that you know, readers sometimes don't like. Um, I do. I want, Give I, me I, the I, I want, yeah. please. Go I wanted me. to throw it. I wanted to throw it all at him, but then show how somebody can come in and and make him look at himself and realize that's not who he really is. Yeah. Uh, so the, the easiest parts for Rep were the quiet, vulnerable moments, really, when mm-hmm. he was inside his own head and thinking about how he wanted to be. And the harder yeah. parts were the ones where he was acting like a bit of an arsehole, but he's not really, mm-hmm. the dude, you know, so. It's like a literal
0: contradiction. You're having yeah. like the inner monologue is contradicting the dialogue.
1: Actions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the end of it, you know, you're kind of thinking, who is this guy? I don't recognize him from, from the beginning of, well, from the end of Cherry Bees. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was fun to write. He
0: was great. I love him. Okay, and we have Julia Speed to thank yeah. for <laughs> information. She's such a queen, such a badass. I
1: loved her, and she I wanted no. I, she takes no punches. She will oh. just. <laughs> well, I will probably want to back
0: she's, like, worked around the, like, she knows the lifestyle, like, she knows these people, like, how they yeah. are, and she, I think, I think what I really liked about her is that she knew before he knew that that was not who he was.
1: Definitely. Um, and, like,
0: I mean, it's just so good it's so good yeah. so I want to know did you always know this was going to be a series like when you started Cherry Beats was it no. just going to be
1: a oh okay no 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 uh, well like I said to you at the beginning um, obviously I was releasing I'd released most of my books through Victoria L. James and I had this um, I I even sort of made this word up for what I wrote and I called it romanced so it's like angsty romance and that was on my banners at signings and you know I was like Victoria L James romance so when I released this Cherry Beats I just went at it thinking it would be a one-off and people might not pick it up and people might not like it and then Vicky James suddenly made Victoria L James look like who who who, who's that (laughs) so that it was it was just a a, it just exploded I mean when I say you know, I thought I'd done okay before with, the, with my old name, but when Cherry Beats came out and I felt, I felt better in my own skin, you know, I'm not a Victoria, I'm a Vicky. I've always been down to earth, kind of, you know, not stuck up. I like, I like yeah. to just Vicky and, and writing under this name of Victoria, it felt like it wasn't me. Yeah. So then when Vicky James started to do well and Cherry Beats was just everywhere, I thought this is kind of a sign and I need to just keep going. And I'd, I'd, open, I'd opened up this world with the um, Youth Gone Wild that there was just so much you could write about, you know, there's, there still is, there's, we, you've got sort of Bourbon and then you've got Molly and you've got Dex and all those kind of people that you can explore and I just fell in love with it and then I, maybe I shouldn't have done it but everything that I'd done before just didn't seem to matter and then that was it, straight on the <laughs> games track and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, changed, I just got rid of Victoria L. James completely and changed everything over and that's that's who I am now so no it wasn't meant to be a series but I'm glad it turned into one and I think oh, still me too. Got, yeah, I think I've still got a lot of more books to write in that series as well so Yes, please, Jesus, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Ghost Note is the third book, and I think that this one was the most emotional for me. This shit yeah. wrecked my life, dude. It, I was like, <laughs> "Suck," because like I spent, I like binge read them. I was like, "Oh my god, there better be more books than this fucking." I was like, "This better be a series." So I downloaded them all immediately and like speed read them. And Ghost Note messed me up. I had to take a break. I was like, "This really
1: messing me up." Uh- yeah. Like, I so bring back some um high school. Cameras? Yes, um, I was like, what yeah. is this? I was like, why are you doing this to me right now? I that's, the, that's the comment I've had the most about Ghost Note. You know, everyone loved Cherry Beats because it was it was like thrilling and fun, and and then mm-hmm. Dirty Rock was edgy, and then Ghost Note, they was like, what are you, what are you doing to me? Like, why, yeah, like, why am I crying? crying. All time?
0: I think it really, you really invoked like that teenage love that you have, that first love that really like, because I don't think. I think that when you're in high school, you know, you feel everything so intensely because you're young, you know, like you haven't been exposed to all of like the bad, well, not like, I mean, you may have, but like all of like the brutalness that's in the world. Right. So when you have that first love, when you're at that age, it's like pure and so intense and you like invoked all those feelings and I was like god I hated high school but this is I, just, uh, oh, this is so good
1: so and it's always that vulnerability isn't it like when you're that young you've not you're not jaded by anything you've got exactly you've got that one person and you think they're going to be your forever no matter how long you've been with them and Daisy had been with Danny for so long and then when everything when he when he turned around to her in the prologue mm-hmm. the prologue of the book you know the first scene is then splitting up I was like this is fucked up (laughs) and then and then again having him come back and and seeing how Daisy had become so jaded by everything and she Mm -hmm. had this other guy Ben in her life who was willing to give her whatever she wanted but she still couldn't get past that first heartbreak and yeah we've all been there haven't we at some point in our life you know we've all had our hearts broken and we've all wanted something more and got nothing in return and and those moments really help you right well I mean you'll know they oh, they, help yeah. help you, don't they? they they help kind of you have to tap into all the memories and think I don't want to drag them back up but let's go there let's I gotta drag them back up it's like <laughs> here we go that we can get yeah exactly and it's, fun. it's kind of fun because you, you, you it's kind it, of therapeutic you're like healing yeah. yourself like you your do. inner emotion right and so- you give yourself the ending you think you might have deserved back then exactly exactly
0: that's what makes book boyfriends better than actual ones because we can redeem them
1: (laughs) absolutely
0: I loved that Danny knew he needed to love himself before he could really love Daisy the way that she deserved to be loved, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that was what made it so emotional, because, like, you knew that these two characters were, like, meant to be together, but, like, they both had so much shit that they needed to figure out on their own before they could really come together. And that was what made it so angsty and heartbreaking, because it's like, oh, my God, I know you guys need to be together. So, <laughs> like, was there any part in this story that was harder to write than others?
1: Again, I think a bit like with Rhett, it was making Danny redeemable because he was yeah. he, he he was cold straight from the beginning. He'd we learned that he'd dumped Daisy without any prior warning. Yeah. Um he'd not gone to his own parents' funeral mm. um, after everything that had happened. He'd kind of gone off and ditched the world and thought this is my new life now. So at the start, you, you really hate him. Well, yeah hate i don't know dislike
0: right. it. i was like indifferent i was like what the fuck are you doing right now my yeah, God. <laughs> yeah
1: because he starts on a breakup you're so confused as to where it's gonna go like yeah what, do we have a new love it?
0: interest do yeah we, like like what is happening
1: yeah and then in chapter one we've got ben and ben is there and he's straight away he's this perfect guy for daisy but you can tell she's just not into it exactly and you're thinking what's gonna happen what's gonna happen so, when Danny comes back, it was making the excuses for why he'd been away mm-hmm. and making them believable because I didn't want I, I, the thing with me, we're writing is, and you know, I don't take away whatever anybody else does, but when I read a book, I want to believe what I'm reading. Yeah. Even I know it's fiction, I want to believe that emotion. I don't just want something like a poor excuse writing down, and then for Daisy to have forgiven Danny and, and that be it and it be that easy. He had to work for it and he had oh, to absolutely. prove why. And that's what made it made their relationship so good when it when everything comes about. And you know, she she she's a bit like Tessa in the end. You know, she starts off soft, but she gets harder. And oh she yeah. It, and I love that. I love seeing somebody make yeah. somebody the mistakes. You know
0: <laughs> exactly. I like i think i i agree with you i think that even like even when you're reading something like paranormal like where it's vampires like mm-hmm. or like werewolves or whatever mm-hmm. i think i want to believe like i need to believe that the emotion that like i need a reason for like why they act the way they do and it Absolutely, can't be just yeah. something like oh you know but it's like i think that's why i like i like the thing that's why i read bully romance sometimes like dark romance is yeah because, i love um, I, I, I don't even care okay listen I know <laughs> shit, I don't even care I um I think this is why I read it is because it's like when they have like an explanation like when it's shitty like oh I I pricked my I like broke a fingernail and that's why I'm yeah. mean to the
1: world it's like no, sick, yeah but you like you disconnect from the characters though don't you when it's when it's like that you disconnect from them because you yeah. think, well what what makes you relatable to me as a reader why why should I invest yeah, in you, you if, if there's no reality I mean you I I am I bang on about fiction all the time like Let it go, it's fiction, you know. Yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) fiction. But you have to have a little bit of reality in there. To make I think it- the
0: fiction part is the plot. And I think that the character part is the emotional part. Nailed it. what I feel yeah. like needs to be real, you know? Like, yeah. if you break up with somebody, I can't have it just be like, oh, I just wasn't feeling it, but we'll get back together later. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I need it to be like, there's yeah. a reason so yeah. that I can, you know, feel like these characters are real to me kind of thing. So yeah. you did that very well with Danny. Oh, thank you. With thank all you. Of these characters. So I loved that. Oh, I so love when, how much you love them oh my god obsessed like no joke so um this is like the hardest question ever for authors okay. myself included and i and i stevie makes me ask it to people all the time because she likes to see people sweat so if this series could be turned into a tv slash movie
1: would you who would you cast as the lead roles you see i have an answer for everything yeah this is because i have to generally have a muse of some sort. Okay. Uh, but the thing that right, you're going to have to bear with me, because obviously my accent's already one thing between us. <laughs> my accent's <laughs> very strong. Um, but some of the pronunciations of these are just insane. Oh, so, don't. Me too. For Harry Beats, it would be Christopher Mason. Okay, yeah. Love it. And then um, you might be surprised by this one. Oh, no, I'm nervous. For Tessa, it would be Kristen Stewart. <gasps> but... I like,
0: like, like, Angel, like, Angel Kristen Stewart, the... Charlie's
1: Angels, Kristen Stewart. Yes, yeah, like that, oh. but obviously with like funny, uh, smiley, not not as not as brooding as Bella, you know. But mm-hmm. when I saw pictures on Pinterest with cherry like red hair, yeah, I was like, oh, she's she's got that rocky kind of edge that could really work. Uh, I actually love that. I love Kristen Stewart. Yeah. I really love her. But cherry, her. one of those characters that could also not have a muse. She's kind of just there. Anybody could play her as long as they get had the right look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that though. I think that fits like really, really well, honestly. Yeah, I, I, it's not a lot of people- some people don't like her, do they? She's- she's, you know, like you know, mama. Really they only see
0: it. her as Bella. And, That's and, and the thing is like- but she did a phenomenal job, like why do you not like Kristen when she- like if you- if you've read Twilight, like I was never oh a God, Twilight yeah. person. That's just me, and I think I it's because I, <laughs> I. think that's because I read the Black Dagger Brotherhood first, and I was like, "Oh, oh. This is nothing compared yeah. to this," you know. Yeah. So I wasn't a huge Twilight fan, but like when you read Bella, like that is Bella. Like Kristen yeah. Stewart did a phenomenal job playing Bella,
1: and, and so it's like. So did Rob Pattinson with Edward, and you know. Oh yeah, I think the problem with there is that the spotlight was just on them far too much, and they. Mm-hmm. they kind of went into themselves when they were playing the last few movies rather than if you watch the first two movies they're mm-hmm. far superior than they're acting in the last three because they were they were at ease with the characters whereas yeah, yeah. with the last three they were just under the microscope far too much i felt yeah. sorry for them i love them I
0: <laughs> but no one hates no one hates twilight as much as robert pattinson nobody hates twilight oh, I I <laughs> but i so i think that kristen did a great job because like if you read bella that's how she is she is yeah. that kind of like you know that awkward. Weird, and she did a fantastic job. So I was like, if you're gonna hate on anybody, hate on Bello. Like, don't hate on Kristen
1: because I think and she's that, a phenomenal actress. That's why she'd make a good um Tessa Lisbon because she's so awkward and quick yeah. to come up with things like that. So yeah, she she was in my head and on my little um, mood board when I was doing it. And that. then yeah. Ryan, you might not have heard of this guy because he's a model. Okay, I'm here this for that. my um, my Google like, ready. This is where my my uh, sorry my what do you call it. Pronunciation Action. might go wrong.
0: Yes. Gaspar
1: Menier. Don't to spell it for you. So it's G A S P A R D. G A R D. Okay. And then M E N I E R. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. I found his Instagram. <laughs> Are
0: Although, you looking at <laughs> I'm looking at. Yeah. Like when. Yeah, oh my way. god.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Obviously, oh he's god, been, it's like hair. a bit more tattooed. Um. But yeah his hair oh and if you go to his instagram you'll see that he actually sings and plays guitar of course he does of course he does and he smokes oh my god <laughs> yeah I was, I was
0: literally like there's this picture of him lighting a cigarette and
1: i want to die <laughs> it's right it's right
0: it's perfect this
1: is so good oh my god these are so good okay all right continue. And then julia speed would be frankie bridge she's like um an english singer so you might not have heard of her yeah, frankie yeah, with an ie yeah. and then bridge
0: Oh, with the short pixie cut Short
1: hair, yeah. Love that. She's stunning. She's gorgeous. Really gorgeous. This is
0: so good. Usually, <laughs> when authors come up with these, I'm like, yeah, you know, we could change it a little bit. But these yeah. are really good.
1: Hey, you see, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for Danny, this is another one that I can't pronounce Diego Bar- Baruico? Baruico? Diego Baruico,
0: B-A-R-R,
1: B-A-R-R-U-E-C-O, Yeah, I got him. Oh god, he's hot too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this... Oh my god, I this is to- so good. Oh my and god, this just- is every high school girl's crush ever,
1: isn't it, isn't it? Isn't it with the skateboard and all that kind of stuff? And then he's like, like my Tumblr
0: imagination gone
1: wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm, gonna, it. I'm gonna have to send you these names once we're done out with, so you can like put the get your little pictures up and things and just remember <laughs> I'm, going
0: I'm going to i'm going to
1: and then um daisy it was lily collins fucking love her
0: yeah me fucking too love her. Just... are we doing
1: like lily collins in
0: like uh love what is that movie oh uh,
1: um uh, oh well it's not lily collins in emily in paris because that's no. about some for daisy
0: no it's like uh what is that mean it's like one of my favorite movies of all time i re-watch it every single
1: month oh um, and love rosie stuck in love oh i was thinking of love rosie oh that's a good one too though yeah yeah she's quite lost in that film as well isn't she so have you you watched
0: stuck in love i don't think so oh my gosh (laughs) you gotta watch it it's the one of the best movies ever
1: i'm writing it down now i've got my pen out stuck Stuck in in love love. and
0: i think that gives i think that that lily collins is daisy towards the end of the book Ah, okay yeah so that, yeah oh you're gonna cry like a baby it's so <laughs> i ridiculous.
1: always do i cry at toilet roll adverts and everything i'm ridiculous
0: <laughs> it's literally about a family of three well, four technically it's like a dad who's like a new york times bestselling author he's like a faulkner winner like he's a famous author mm-hmm. and then he has two uh, children uh he has one who is a guy a guy and then lily who is a girl obviously and yeah. um they're both writers themselves but they write like differently and they're younger and like li- like the girl is just publishing her first book oh. and they're going through this like the dad is still in love with the mom who is about to get remarried oh. um and then the girl is going through like this guy who's like in love with her but she doesn't believe in love because her parents broke up and then the boy oh has like, a crush on this girl he's in high school with Who's like really toxic for him, and it's about all of their love stories
1: and so it's like like- stories coming together at the end. Oh, it's I love so those good. Kind of I It'll love those kind of ones where they have like stories running side by side. Yeah, like, it's so actually, good. Love Actually gets a lot of hate, but I love Love Actually. Just
0: for it's that kind point. of like that vibe, but like yeah. less characters.
1: Ah, so I'm gonna, though. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch it maybe tonight.
0: <laughs> if you do, you have to message me and be like, "I Thank absolutely so love really for this amazing." recommendation (laughs) yeah you you got it you got it yeah all right so what is
1: next for you as we head into 2022 well um I know we're recording this today when does this go out is this Friday Friday so on tomorrow which is Thursday I've got the cover Mm -hmm. reveal for my next book which is called the bad wedding day and that's releasing on January 25th and I've not released in like 18 months <laughs> um with, with COVID and everything it's just been a really long year and yeah know, a lot of writers are suffering at the moment and I I fell victim to it kind of being stuck at home with the kids and mm-hmm. my husband job changed to working at home and there wasn't that peace and quiet anymore mm-hmm. um and the writing just kind of went out of my head but got it back and um yeah the bad wedding day is a fake date romance Oh. I love it it's set in uh, central London so you've got things like um the Savoy featuring in it um, Mm -hmm. and it's about this girl who is from a very rich family and she's a part of like an elite family that have a lot of connections in the city but this girl Charlotte does not feel like she's a part of them so she has to go to this wedding of a sister who's very sort of high society wants to be in all the magazines Mm -hmm. and Charlotte works in a care home She rebelled against her family, didn't want anything to do with any of that. She saw her granddad ill when he was um, older and she realised that she could contribute to the care home industry. Yeah. So she rebelled against them. So she needs a fake date for this wedding because they all look down on her. Okay. And her best friend who was meant to go with her cancels at the last minute. And then she meets a guy at the bus stop called Fraser Scott. And he happens to be wearing a suit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay and she invites him along but she doesn't know that he's got a hidden agenda and he isn't there by chance Oh! (laughs) i'm gonna pre-order this real quick it went on pre-order um like two days ago i think so i'm really excited it's it's a story that i really believe in and um it touches on some quite sensitive subjects Mm -hmm. Uh, it's got a little bit of me too in there um you know not in any great detail that it would trigger anybody i don't think and mm-hmm. um, but it's it's just yeah it's a really lovely story I pre-ordered and it so in love with it Ah, oh, thank you <laughs> I am so
0: I'm excited I love a good fake date see for me fake dating fake wedding thing date whatever is the same sell to me as friends to lovers it's really hard for me they're two yeah. of my favorite tropes but I can literally keep on one hand the amount of books that I have like s- enjoyed from that trope because I yeah. feel like in that trope it's very easy to like make it I don't want to say I want to say easy but yes that is the word on it like yes yeah. you can like, just yeah. get
1: that instant connection like from nowhere and you don't have to fight for it
0: exactly and yeah. it's like I don't I'm not I'm not but the
1: yeah. when they do it right I'm like yeah. yes well you put a little faith in me and just watch what happens because it is um I have, I have faith. i don't <laughs> want faith. faith not your typical fake date romance it's not um there's quite a lot of like underworld kind of crime and things going on okay charlotte isn't aware of what's going on so it's dual point of view you get to see it from both sides okay. um which I don't write a lot of dual point of views, but I felt like this one needed it to keep everybody in the know of what's happening While that doesn't kind of thing yeah um, yeah just see see what you think see what I you
0: think. am and trust me don't even worry I trust you I trust you because <laughs> when I recommend when people ask me for rock star romances and I recommend uh like cherry beats and dirty rock and that series I'm like now listen when you go into it it's not going to be like your typical rock star romance like there, yeah. none of yeah. them are but they're so good they're phenomenal
1: they're so- yeah I didn't want to write the typical one. I'd read a couple before and, and don't get me wrong I love them I really really love them Mm-hmm. But then then I read um Drive by Kate Stewart. I don't know if you've read that one. Oh my god, it is so good. Like she showed me another side of writing rock star romance that was believable. I didn't want I didn't want to just write um you know another man hall that was sleeping around and cheating and doing all this kind of stuff. I wanted to, to really delve into the mind of a rock star. And yeah. then I read then I read um, Motley Cruise the Dirt. Oh god, the best. The best. the best and as i was reading it i'm thinking this is the story that needs to be told the oh yeah needs to be told in fiction not you know not some pop star and and i've no i've no nothing against that but yeah i just wanted a rock i wanted rock and roll dirty rock and i was yeah, over really- like boy bands and all that i wanted some grit and and it, that's what that's what happens. So they're that's not your the cool ones, but I love them. I am so you love need them.
0: to read. Have you read Stoned by Mandy Beck? No. That book fucked me up. It's a rock star romance, and the main character's name is Stone. Um, <laughs> and it is it fucked me up. It's really good. It's a is really that a good recent
1: book. one. Huh? Is that a recent release or is it um, a-
0: no, it's what it's been out for a while. It's been what out for a while. I know that she has more in the series now, but I've only read Stoned because I was like, oh my god, this is like painful because it's like about him and it's kind of gives you like Daisy and Danny vibes where they were together in high school like she was with him through the start of his career like the launch of his career she was with him yeah. for the whole thing like record label signings and like traveling around in a van and doing yeah. like you know pop-up shows places she was with him through the whole thing and yeah. then he got on drugs and like he got into life when they got famous and they got signed oh, no. and she had to leave like she was like I can't do it anymore with you
1: like I can't that sounds like it's right on my street. i have written it down. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna because I'm always to. looking I'm always looking for books to read myself, you know. It's hard when you write, yeah. isn't it? When when you're writing oh, yeah. them, you, you dissect them as you as you would if you were writing them. And it takes a really, really superb author to kind of suck me in. And there are a lot out there. Oh, yeah. There are a lot out this there. Is great. Do it, do it yeah. tonight. Doing it, I am All right. on.
0: So we're gonna shift gears to writing questions. Um okay. so- When did you first realize that you wanted to be like a writer slash author?
1: You're going to groan at this answer. (laughs) It was when I finished reading Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God.
0: Me as I totally shit talked not liking Twilight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I did write it. I don't take it personally. Um, I I just, I I loved it. I was at a time in my life. I think it was about 29, 30 at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone kept telling me to read them and read them and, you know, Me and my husband were going through... um, uh, The recession had just hit in 2008, and -hmm. he lost his job um, where he was working, and I'd just gone on maternity leave, so we were really on our ass money-wise. We didn't have anything. And he'd just been... Um he just got a job after a year out of work, he got a job sort of four hours away from my family and where I live. And now I know four hours isn't a long drive in America, but in England, four hours the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Four <laughs> hours is a long ass drive. That's, that's four nice hours away down. from family. Is just well, I'd never done it before. So I was really like down and you know, trying to stay afloat for my little baby and that he was only a year old and and stay strong for my husband and my two stepchildren who were growing up and and I read Twilight and I just, by by the time I finished with it, I don't know what it was. I can't even explain it. I just thought I I can do this. Like Mm -hmm. I could do that. I'm not saying I could do this as in, oh, it was rubbish. As in I I can, I could evoke those feelings. I could do it even if I just wrote for me. I didn't want to be a writer or, you know, release. I just wanted to do something for me that would get my head out of worrying about life and money and the kids and, and so I started writing just on this old laptop that barely even turned on. And I think after about four days of just being on this laptop, my husband, he was like, what, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> I think he thought I was on some chat room, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying no to find myself a rich daddy. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm sick of this poor life. <laughs> um, so I just spun my uh, laptop around and showed him and he was like, oh my God, that's, that's brilliant. And I thought he'd laugh. And yeah. he said oh, go for it and do it. So I wrote two books that will never ever see the light of day because they were so, so, so bad. Oh, <laughs> they no, were I'm the kidding. worst. The first one I think was called Flightless. And it was about this this girl who went to live with her grandma and fell in love with a ghost.
0: <laughs> I love that though. I love that though. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and at the time I was so into it but when I look back at it now like literally I will not let anybody read it I think my mum read it read it and that was it and I look back at it now and it is so I will read so it so bad I but I, it. it's a journey so you know I keep I keep the copy of that because it's it's an important journey to to see where you started uh, but yeah that was it I mean I'd always written in journals um I'd always sort of tinkered if I was bored at work I hope my old boss isn't listening to this. If I was bored at work, I would, you know, write the odd paragraph and, and then delete it and think, that's rubbish, you can't write. <laughs> <laughs> Deep down, I always knew it was in me. And then uh-huh. it took us losing everything and me quitting my job to move away for me to have the time to pick up the laptop and, and write. And this kind of felt like, I know it sounds cheesy, but it kind of feels like it's always meant to be, you know. <laughs> this was always meant to be my life. I know. I <laughs> know.
0: I love it. I love it. Don't, it's not cheesy. It's fantastic. Um,
1: hey, you, you got to believe in fate a little bit. You, a you, little you, you bit. Bad, your bad times, your bad times are there for a reason. They're taking you somewhere exactly. else. I firmly believe that.
0: I agree. I 100% agree. So are you a plotter, a pantser, or like somewhere in between? And that's what we like to call a planter.
1: I am a full on pantser without the L. Oh elves. my
0: God, everybody is. I don't know how you guys do it my you know when
1: um went for an example i co-write the babylon mc series with lou stock um i don't know if you've ever read them if you love the cherry Beats and stuff you would love the mc series it's it's, okay all right it's a different take on the mc we don't write mc like the majority write it Mm -hmm. it's kind of really gritty but also human it's not just you know people i love it but yeah so that's a really great series but um when we first wrote the first book, it's five book series finished. When we wrote the first book, we didn't have a clue we were ever going to release it. We did it oh as like a Sons of Anarchy fan fiction and we did it as fan fiction. And then at the end, we were like, this is pretty good. Did you say do
0: it's 100%. Sons of our Anarchy fan fiction? Yeah. Well,
1: oh. kind of like not, not with the characters, but we just wanted, we'd finished the series, Sons of Anarchy. We watched it together. She's in Texas. I'm in England, obviously. And we just managed to watch it like, side but you know like running along by each other so every morning we wake up and say did you watch that episode last night yeah 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 and then when it finished we couldn't we couldn't let go so it was like well why don't we just create our own that'd be amazing I love that but even until the very last chapter of the fifth book we did not plot one single part of it we pantsed our way through it but again that feel that series felt like it wrote itself yeah, there wasn't any point where we were like how do we how do we untangle that and get it just it just flowed and there were yeah. a lot of yeah. subplots going on as well um so yeah pant, pants for the win you know absolutely
0: <laughs> not a, no i could never I, I i can
1: you plot like every chapter then oh give up that is not your wall (laughs) yes it It definitely is
0: that's the second half of it the first half of it's already been taken down but yeah
1: is each each post-it note a chapter yeah so it like starts
0: like here no here yeah it starts like all the way over here and then down like a snake
1: what do you do if your characters take you off course so i'll just adapt and like
0: go Kill them. With another, no, no no I'll just go up <laughs> with another sticky note but see this is the thing for me right when I first started this podcast I was like oh I'm definitely a planter I'm in between I'll do like a light outline and then you know yeah. like and then I realized how how people like genuinely pants and I'm like oh yeah. I'm definitely a plotter I'm definitely a plotter I
1: mean I have notebooks everywhere and I'm constantly scribbling things down now, but you know if I'm sat here watching tv I'll a line will come to me and I think right, I'll, I'll write that line down but I have no idea where I'm going to put it or I do. It, it just, it, it works itself in somehow. It's weird. So for
0: me, it's like, I do like really heavy... <laughs> This is so, I can't, people give me so much shit for this, I don't even care. <laughs> I do, like, uh, character interviews before, so, like, when I start a series, so the series I'm currently writing, I knew the subplot, like, what I wanted to happen for, like, the yeah. mystery murder portion of it, I just didn't know, like, how the romance would weave into it, yeah. so okay. I knew the characters and all that stuff, but I'll do, like, very heavy character interviews, like, it's, like, hundred and like four questions. Um, yeah where I like literally act like an interviewer and it's like I am asking these fictional people in my head these questions um and it's just like stuff about them
1: like I love it I actually love that that's not that I wouldn't give you shit for that that's that's genius Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you I like I wish I would like that
0: do it you should try it I have like the outline of all the questions I'll send it to you oh my god I literally but no it's like I'm know it's like in my head it's like i visualize that they're in front of me that these people i created are in front of me and so it helps me like change their dialect uh from like one character to another because one thing that really bothers me when i read series is like oh my god this is the same male character like this is the same female character
1: yeah all the way
0: through you know so for me it really helps break it apart and it's like okay like so this character kicks his foot up on the desk when he's talking because he's super nonchalant or he uses the word dude often or something like that right um so it helps me like like,
1: call something
0: yeah it helps me shift their dialect and the way that they move and it makes them different to me in their heads like when I finish the character outline I know these people so well that when I outline it I'll do like like, what I want to do for each chapter. And if then I just let them take it away from there, like I'll do like a light outline of each yeah. chapter oh, and okay. let them like guide me when it comes to dialogue. So if like their dialogue takes me in a different direction than what I originally imagined, it's like, okay, that's fine. I'll, you know, adapt yeah. to the next chapter. So yeah, that's how it works. You should do like writing
1: workshops or something. <laughs>
0: for Absolutely not, because I'm not us, that good of a writer. <laughs> for, us,
1: for us pantsers that need some kind of order, you, you need to do.
0: I know a lot of my What's friends are. Famous. Yeah, do you have? What do you write in? What is your? What do you write? Like, do you write in Word or like Google Docs? Like, what do oh, you write in? I'm,
1: you know, I've always written in Google Docs, always for years, and then this last year, um, I switched to Scrivener. Is it Scrivener? i will never know how to say it. Scrivener. Scrivener yeah. for
0: the W. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I really,
1: really like. Um, but I've not really used. Like I say, but this massive block I've had for this last year. Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's actually been a writer's block I think it's just been a life block yeah life has just been so crazy and everything that I used to love just became hard work and I you know I think we've all lost ourselves haven't we with COVID and the isolations and lockdowns and things and we didn't know if we were coming or going um so I couldn't even look at the screen like literally I couldn't look at the screen it just gave me headaches and I immediately got this like panic on of well I, I need to write these words and I can't do it so I couldn't even look at Google Docs or Scrivener I couldn't do any of it yeah. and then to finish um the bad wedding date I, I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago I booked myself a hotel room away from my kids away from my husband the most basic hotel room ever by the way it was literally <laughs> a box with the the unconfused chair and desk in but I went in there at three o'clock in the afternoon on the Friday. And by 12 o'clock the next day, I'd written 15,000 words. And for the first time ever, I did it just in word. And I was like, this is I've never written in word before ever. But well, it just right in word. Flow. it just seemed to flow for that for that one book. Um, and then I will I'll be I'll be going back to Scribner though
0: you soon. need to just Scribner's amazing it's the yes. best it's the best of both worlds for pants it is for you because
1: you can do your character profiles and everything can't yeah. you yeah if you
0: so, see if you I'm gonna send you a picture of this on Instagram yeah. <laughs> um my my all uh, group of author friends we get together on Sundays and we like schedule posts and shit like that and they oh my are,
1: God, you're organized on social media as well <laughs> not
0: really I mean I try to be I try. I'm not very good at it. i the like, worst. But, like, we, they are obsessed with my Scrivener document because I keep all of my Hollow Heights, the whole series, like, all the manuscripts are in the same thing. And they all right. characters have their own, like, fucking area and yeah. outline have their own thing. But, they're, I'll have to send you pictures of it. It's crazy. But yeah. I think
1: I need to learn to use it properly. I've not really because I only got it last year and I've not spent a lot of time on it. I don't really know all the ins and outs of it. So I think I need to it's spend a bit more time on it. It's the funnest thing
0: ever, especially if you're somebody who does like multiple edits. Like if you write it and then you go oh, okay. by to edit, you can go up and like click what edit you're on. And when you yeah. go to type it, the letters are red. And if you're on your second edit, your letters are yellow. Like, so you can ah. see where you're doing it. See, it's super cool. It's super cool.
1: My, my I books see. are always made in the rewrites. They're always made in the edits. I always say that. I don't know how people can release after the first draft. My books are always four, five, six, six drafts, and then then it goes to the editor. My control
0: issues could never. So that's why I'm a, pizza, <laughs> a plotter. I am a I have control issues. So um, do you have any interesting writing quirks like when you sit down to eat? Like when you sit down to eat, when you sit down to write, do you like <laughs> have to be like eating like a certain snack food or like wearing the only, a thing,
1: of I, the only thing I do, and I and it's literally for every book is I write the majority of my books to film scores. Okay. So you know, like the background music from um Water for Elephants is one of my oh favorites. God, yeah. The background music for Twilight again. I know you're not gonna like that. Okay. The background okay. Twilight music. has an amazing soundtrack. Oh nobody can ever knock the music for Twilight. That was that was so good. such an era. Um then I use the I write to the score of um a film called Seven Pounds with Will Smith. I don't know if yeah. you it makes like, me cry every time. i like favorite films ever Um, but the music the background music is really kind of um what's the word it's atmospheric so whatever scene you need to write whether it's you know hopeful or revenge or sadness or whatever that soundtrack's got something on the score that will take you there yeah Um, yeah no real
0: quirks just score music yeah I literally just told my partner yesterday that I wrote to the Final Destination soundtrack, the scary movie <laughs> Final Destination. Oh that yeah, it was so. It's this. It I love Final Destination, but the fifth one, Brian Taylor, Tyler does it, and he's the one who does like all of like the Marvel stuff. All right, um, okay. I was like, oh my god, this soundtrack is phenomenal. So I listened yeah. to yeah. So I I also like listening to like the
1: perfect. The perfect It's the perfect background noise for. You know when you need that mood setting and you, you can't have words or you know we yeah I write some songs and stuff sometimes but there's a track on the water for elephants um score soundtrack which is called did i miss it and yeah. a i wrote called let him go the entire book was written with that in the background oh and even my- now even now on a night if I'm can't sleep I'll just play that because it's really kind of like thinky plonky music yeah and I'll play that on a night and it just instantly like takes me and like sleep and you know de-stresses me. I love it yeah it's so star music. It's I go from band. writing rock and roll stuff to you know
0: sad <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <and> an
1: <orchestra.
0: laughs> I love it all right so what's the weirdest thing
1: you've ever had to google for a book Oh, do you know what? I don't really know. I don't Google a lot of weird stuff. I would probably for the Babylon MC mm-hmm. series. I've, I think me and Lou have both Googled certain methods of Martyr. killing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, how how quickly would someone die if we did this? Or um, I think we once heavily researched how many bullets it would take to the fuel tank of a motorbike for it to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's about it, really. I've not got a funny story there. Did you actually
0: blow that motorcycle up? Did it work? Did you find an answer?
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we blew it it up, yeah,
0: yeah. I No joke, I am not. (laughs) Okay, so Stevie gives me such a hard time because I also Google stuff like that, but sometimes Google doesn't have, like, the answer I'm looking for to the specific situation that I'm in, right? So I have a group of guy friends I've been friends with since we were, like, in elementary school, Um, and... I have a group on like Snapchat and it's called like a thousand ways to die. And (laughs) if I have like a question about, you know, like how long would it take for, you know, like this to happen? Or like, could I, could this plausibly happen? Yada, yada, I'll message them and they're all in like different fields of work now. And they all like come together. It's like this one big like murder party in this Snapchat. And they give me like, break the, it's so funny.
1: It is so funny. I feel like there's yeah. I feel like a book plot in there somewhere. That'd, be, that'd, that'd make a really good book plot for like a, a murder. I don't a know. Or something, it? Who done it out the people in this Snapchat group?
0: <laughs> I have literally no idea. But you saying the shooting the the tank of a motorcycle like had me because I was like, okay, so if I threw like a Molotov cocktail into a car, would it explode? And one of them was like, nah, you'd have to like shoot the actual gas tank to like get it to. <laughs> explode like that like hollywood makes it look cooler than it
1: is sometimes yeah well fuck i need something (laughs) explosive that's that's another frustrating thing as a writer because you have to make it plausible whereas you see things you see things in these number one hit movies that you're like that would never happen like look at fast and the furious oh my god they're gonna be in they were in space literal space (laughs) and it's and that still gets like you know nine out of ten on the reviews but what oh yeah thing together whereas can you imagine writing that in a book you would get absolutely slaughtered. yeah no way <laughs> absolutely not
0: all right so we're gonna shift to reading questions um so what book has your favorite cover this can be like one of your own or like another person's Ooh,
1: um or both so of mine my favorite cover is a girl like lilac i don't know if you've seen that one okay hold on and um, i think i have it's it was just the Perfect cover for the story. It was yeah, Lou Lucas Lou, who I write the Babylon MC series with. She's my graphic designer as well. She does all my covers and everything. Yeah, and graphics. And she came. She read the story, and she came to me with that cover, and it was just instant love at first sight. Um, it's a soft. Oh yes. So, I love, I love this cover. And it is, that is actually Lilac as well. Like that could be Lilac Clark from the book. And I love that when a book marries, up, the cover marries up with the actual story. Um, so it's just perfect. I love that cover so much. And I love that story. I love
0: it. <laughs> That's favorite- the one where it's like, you're my anomaly, right? Uh,
1: uh-huh. Which one?
0: The, the, uh, a Girl Like Lilac. Isn't that the one where like he, he's like,
1: you're my anomaly? That's the one where he will like literally do everything for her. And she is the only one he will do anything for. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah he yeah. like gets arrested three times for her and everything. And he's this really quiet, tame boy. But she brings out this side of him that is just so fiercely protective that he, he kind of changes into a different person. But not in an arsehole way. It's like in a really lovable way. He will do anything. There's the famous line where she says, I'm not worth that kind of trouble. And then he says, you're worth a wall, I look. And... <gasps> That's yeah
0: yeah yeah. he also there's also a line in there where it's like oh fuck it's like I was dating a boy that I liked but I was wishing for a boy I loved more right is that exactly yeah 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah yeah. you nailed it yeah my memory is kicking into but high gear you, you remember more than I do and I wrote the things my god my memory's so bad in my own book but yeah you jeopardy it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right cover for somebody else I don't know really there's just so many gorgeous covers out these days oh I know. and you know all the hotties and everything on it oh, it's, it's hard to choose honestly nice, nice to look at <laughs> I know
0: right
1: so what attracts
0: you to a book is it the cover the blurb like a recommendation from others definitely
1: not the blurb i would never I rarely read blurbs um you know I, I, I like a nice cover but the cover doesn't always sell it for me is it really is it really weird to say that I can just look at a cover and get a vibe if I'm going to like it or not I I tend to yeah I do the same thing yeah I tend to go for things that are kind of like not always like the covers that I'll look at on Facebook and Instagram and things I think oh my god he's really hot and wow that wouldn't necessarily make me personally read the book there's Mm -hmm. got to be something else in there like that different thing about it that's like just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, like either, whether it's the t- the way the titles put across or the the tagline. Taglines are really important for me. Just that one line of, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is this is their first chance gone wrong. Will we get another one? Anything that can make me pull me in with a tagline, and I'm there. But mainly recommendations, I'd say. So, yeah. Sam Towell, Samantha Towell, is one of my really good book friends, and she sends the best book recommendations through. So if Sam's loved it, and she says to me, Vic, you need to read this. I'm all over it. So. oh my and god maybe
0: you gotta send them through me also
1: yeah i, I, I will, will i will i will, I I will, will. read the share of those have you read <laughs> danielle laurie's the maid series don't fucking play games with me right now it's oh, so
0: good <laughs> christian alistair is literally the love of my
1: life i want somebody between him and nico and then he's Ronan, isn't it the last one yeah yeah between them all like because
0: alistair literally told her not to bring that guy up there shot him in the head and then left her to clean up the mess (laughs) that is that is that is king behavior i read that and i was like yeah i love him i would have had sex with him immediately after oh yeah yeah i was like this is amazing but then you have like nico who like blew up a gas station (laughs) like yeah just i love
1: it i just remain calm everybody i love those guys that are just so alpha but they i found her series because some alphas i don't know if you think the same some alphas can be borderline too much where you're like oh my god there's no way he'd all my interest he's such an asshole like what a dick danielle laurie's were assholes but they were also like you just couldn't get enough of them you're like oh, it's, almost,
0: it's the balance of like being an alpha asshole but also respecting the female character yeah, like where he has like respects and morals in certain areas
1: but yeah. disrespect in others it's the, a, it's the a, right a, ones
0: yeah it's like it's those are the best in
1: the bedroom respect yeah. me out in the bedroom. that's all you need isn't it?
0: when they are watching the news and he is just holding her hair and when nico is just holding her hair i was like <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know I was into this. I'm into this now. I was like, I was like, they you want to reread them. I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, Fletcher. I was like, I need you to hold my hair while we watch the news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even watch the news. I but... oh, love it. <laughs> All right. So we're, this is the last section of the podcast, which is trope questions. Uh, okay. It's a like favorite set of questions. We love these. So okay. favorite trope to write and why?
1: Well, obviously, rock star romance because I'm a massive music fan. Um, any kind of old school rock, new rock, it's I'm there. I listen to it all the time. I love that. But I am a massive lover of angst. I love writing angst. It's just just the the journey it takes you on, and the it gives you some real meat to work with when you're writing it. So yeah, yeah. I love writing angst. I, love I it. can
0: never even fathom how to write like an easy peasy.
1: Oh, no no eight no eight yeah eight. I yeah. could never
0: I would be like where where are the tears I don't understand
1: I'm pretty sure someone at some point is going to say to me like can she just write a character that is not messed up in the head like can literally, she just me. literally me <laughs> why would I want to do that <laughs> I started
0: writing contemporary romance when I first started so I have like a four book series of like hockey romance which I love adore I love those they're yeah. very angsty yeah. hockey books um, but I was writing it and like my alphas were like, um, dude, like you gotta give somebody a good family. Like everybody has like a dead mom or an abusive dad. Like you gotta you gotta give somebody Guilty. a good life.
1: Guilty. I, like, eh, I don't want to. I, know, Sorry. Like, I do write some characters that have a nice family though. I'm kind of like oh, it's, it's like that's sweet. boring. It's sweet, but yeah, come on, let's have someone, you know. It's like where I is to. grit? You yeah.
0: Know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I need something more. You so gotta have- they're never. They're never. Nobody ever. Like I gave one person a good family and then killed his dad. <laughs> so like, oh, brilliant!
1: That's that's sorry. brilliant. I love <laughs> sorry <it. about>
0: that. <laughs> All right. So, what is one trope you would eventually like to write, and why?
1: Ooh. Well, do you know what? So, I've been with my husband twenty-one years now, mm-hmm. and um, you know, really? I got I got with him when I was nineteen, and <gasps> he was thirty-one. <laughs> Ooh, an age gap. <laughs> so, I would love to write an age gap story but we've had like a really nice 21 years no real hiccups I mean he was married before me and and two kids but from day one I got on with my stepkids. they were like four and two when, when I met him and they're 25 and 23 now mm-hmm. it's happening in their life all the time so I'd love to do an age gap but I think I'd find it hard to kind of not just romanticize it all from the first page yeah <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I'd need to make sure I wasn't writing about me and my husband I'd, I'd need to give some real messed up stories but yeah I think I'd like to do an age gap because since the whole oh the whole Taylor Swift Jake Gyllenhaal thing that fucking scarf thief but the (laughs) thing that people are now saying about age gaps is quite like nasty they all think that the the the, that it's a taboo subject and it's not you know Yeah, yeah we have two people that are just that just hit it off like that and it's, it sparks fly and that's there, it.
0: I think a lot of people have like an issue separating, like yes there can definitely be like an abuse of power when the guy is older and the girl is younger Absolutely. like that yeah. yeah, but that is like a certain situation. Not yeah definitely age gaps are going to be an abuse of power dynamic yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So like Taylor Swift was with a narcissist and yeah. he would have still been a narcissist had he had been 24 or 30. Yeah. You know, so that relationship yep. dynamic would not have changed based on his age at all. So yeah. and I think a lot of people have a like a tough time like
1: separating
0: those so, two things.
1: Yeah. And this is the problem so, with social media in the whole, isn't it? People pick up on things and kind of roll with it. And and instead of looking at each individual case, they, they roll it all into one. And 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 that's why I like writing as well, because there are so much, so many things you can't say and discuss these days without people labeling it as wrong or taboo or you know, straight off the bat. And I like to delve into the rights and wrongs of things and, and show people that it's not always wrong. Normally um, grey. But yeah, you know, the, 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 peop- the guys I were with before, Carl, they were far more toxic to me than he's ever been.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, he, he showed me what a real man. Yeah. You know, like the first time, I think we'd been on one date and then he worked till three in the morning and I woke up, um, I got a text on my phone back in the old days when your phone made this little diddly noise. I don't know how long you are, you are probably like too young for that. And it woke me up in the middle of the night, and I was like, "What's that?" And it just said, "You know, check your doorstep." And I went downstairs, and there was twelve red roses on my doorstep. And I was like, oh, sweet!" I was like, "I'm not used to this." And you taking me out for meals, and 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 we were never we were only meant to go on one date, you know, a bit of fun. He was my boss, and I thought, "Oh, I go out with the manager." Yeah. And we kept saying, "This can't go any further. This can't go any further." And then next thing you know, we're married, and it went we've, further. We've got four kids between us, and I love it. I mean I like to show that side of an age gap yeah I
0: think that like I said like I think people don't take and I think it's a lot with like writing and that's I'm never gonna stop reading what I like to read or writing what I like to write because like a a group of people think that it's not right if you want to label it taboo then that's your prerogative you can do that however it's 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 a thing. It's it's just an issue that I
1: think is a. You've gotta let people enjoy what they enjoy, haven't you? At the end of the day. I don't you know? yuck anybody's yum. Read no, whatever you want to read. Absolutely not. Yep. This is
0: for enjoyment purposes yeah. only. You know, like chill out. Everybody, I'm, calm down. Have
1: you, have, but, you heard of, have you heard of Yolanda Olsen? Um, she's a like a horror thriller kind of writer, and some of the stuff she she's she's a great girl. She's a really fantastic writer, but she writes some messed up stuff i okay. mean i'm a i'm a title and cover person so i'm looking at her I'm stuff gonna ask, now you can ask me for the title now aren't you my brain's gonna go dead oh i got it i I've got never, it i, I've, I love her as a writer and we, we've seen each other at signings and we always have a laugh i've never read her stuff because she's quite open this is messed up so if you can't if you can't handle it don't read it
0: oh she wrote the maledictation saga all right okay yeah so like scavengers vultures and yeah, she, uh,
1: she goes she goes dark and messed up and but we just I love we that. recently released um, an anthology together scouts oh, yes yeah, yeah. Um, i loved delving into that side of the kind of stuff she writes and the darker side and the messed up side and that's, that's right I, now <laughs> yeah well that's something i never thought i'd write but mm-hmm. when i was writing it i absolutely loved it so yeah you know two or three years ago i'd probably have said to yolanda you know you you take care of that corner of the market and i'm never gonna do that i that's your your jam and she's damn good at what she does but for me then when i when i dip my toe in the scouts water i was kind of like
0: maybe i I will say that if you want to write an age gap romance you have to read medicine man by saffron kent i've seen that one
1: yeah He's a psychiatrist,
0: and she is his patient. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's in, like, a mental facility, like, a mental hospital, because she attempted to commit suicide, and she has, like, a manic depression. And, uh, yeah, she falls in love with her psychiatrist, and oh, my God. Love it. What's the age gap? Is it quite, like, is it big? uh, She's recently 18, or, like, about to turn 19, and he's 30.
1: Five thirty-six. Love it. I love an age gap. Yeah, so like say, as long as as long as age gaps are treated with respect, I am um, do what you got to do. It's Chef Kisses.
0: It's so good. Yeah. It's one of my
1: favorite books ever. Yeah. All right.
0: So, yeah. what is one trope you will never write, and why? Or if you're the type of person who says never say never, what's like your least on the list? Right. So I do
1: never say. I, I, now I've done the scouts thing and dipped my toe in that. Well, I will never say never, but I am going to contradict that by saying I will never do anything like with the daddy kink <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry each their own and I have no disrespect for anyone but if I'm thinking of my dad during any point no. <laughs> it just it tunes me out calm I can't either like, I just have to put the book down and I'm like if it, the name daddy or dad or no ooh, can't do it <laughs> can't. No, no no me either comment stations so I couldn't I don't think I'd be I don't think I'd be very good at um yeah anything that involves
0: I think for me my line drawn is like I think so like like I said I don't yuck anybody's young and trust me I'm like a garbage disposal absolutely. I oh, read, yeah. have read everything okay yeah but I think that my line where I'm like yeah is like total incest like blood related incest oh is like, yeah
1: yeah that's, a, that's, that's a line
0: for me as a reader yeah. but like no hate like absolutely if you want to read that you enjoy that pop off girl
1: you'd enjoy yeah. that you Yeah, I've not even thought about that one. You're right. I can't but the daddy daughter thing. And the, I can't. I cannot now.
0: Give me like oh. a stepbrother Oh, now you're talking. Yeah, sign that's me up. Yes,
1: yeah. sign I love, me up for like romance. That's, that's a great one. Sign I me like up. The with those. those are
0: good. Those are some of my favorites. So it's like, yeah, it's a toe. It's a line that I. T- <laughs> just,
1: it, I think it's just all personal preference in it. You know, I yeah. know quite. I, I am friends with so many amazing authors, especially over in England, because we the, the circuit for sign-ins in um, England is a lot smaller than in America. Yeah. So when we do sign-ins in England, it's the same people, and we generally just you know meet up and we all see each other two or three times a year, pre-COVID, obviously. Um, but everyone at those sign-ins, it, you've got the most effed up, darkest kind of <laughs> imagine and then you've got the sweetest person that only writes about you know teenage love stories with no angst and it's just first time lovers losing the virginity yeah. but all these people come together and you, you stand there and uh, looking at the tables and stuff and you think literally we've all studied it we're all studied it and we're all waiting for these amazing readers to come in and we've all wrote books we're making a career out of writing books yeah How can will knock anybody for, for what they do that? yeah and every, every single one of those writers no matter what the genre has got a line of people waiting to see him. that and that just shows that there is something for everyone and it's exactly. not it's not going to please everyone and that's the biggest hurdle us writers have to come over you know get over we just stop trying to please everyone
0: exactly stop, stop right we
1: write. Stop about, exactly yeah right we want
0: to the- write and the people will find you there there's a niche for everybody so if someone, if someone
1: wants to write a book called Daddy, I am all doing it. I just probably it. won't read it. <laughs> exactly. Not for me,
0: but definitely. So our last question is, if you were in a book, what trope would
1: you want for your story? Oh, do you know? Well, I think, I think I've think i kind of lived my rock star dream through Tessa and Presley. Okay. I've done that. So that would I would have said that before. Um, probably now I'm going to go with, is there such a thing as like an underdog? Genre like I'd love to be like um like an underdog ugly duckling at school, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn into a swan and just like kick everyone's ass. That's dope, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Rocky, like I am the biggest Rocky Balboa fan ever. I, I have got it. a very strange obsession. That's my dad's name. Is it really? Rocky, yeah. Oh, I love it. I wanted to call <laughs> my son Rocky, but Carl wouldn't allow it. <laughs> I was like can I call it Elvis no Rocky no (laughs) damn it (laughs) my names just go with a generic name then fine Uh, but no I am obsessed with him and he's writing skills he's he's so underrated as a as a writer he's absolutely Mm -hmm. a genius Um, and the Rocky films just give me that real good kind of you know you can do anything kind of motivation and I love I love the love story in it so yeah I don't know if that's a good answer, but if that were my life, I that think it is. I came from quite um sort of you know humble beginnings, shall we say, and and <laughs> I'm working hard and working hard, and I'm going to prove anybody that ever doubted me wrong because that's what.
0: Yes, I love that. Also, <laughs> did you know this is like something that I just recently learned that when when Rocky Balboa directed the first Rocky movie, right, like the first one that was ever made. He did it on, like, a low-scale budget. Like, it was an indie movie film. Oh,
1: there was literally no money. No
0: budget at all. And now it is one of the most highest-grossing
1: film franchises in the world. Of all time. And, and he's, like, like, he's done, like, three. He's done, like, he, like when he was um, – in fact, I think there's four now. He's done the Rocky franchise, the Rambo franchise, the Expendables. Yeah. And then what's the other one now? Um, is it, like, Escape? Is something where he escapes from prison. Yeah that's another oh friend. yeah yeah i know what you're talking about it's not for yeah. is, is it it's not no it's not called that but it is that kind of thing where they're on an island and they have to escape it's escape plan oh yeah, 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 yeah something like that but he's because of his slur and because um of the way he looks he doesn't get the appreciation and the oh no and he also has creed now too yeah creed. he's a damn good writer he's oh yeah he's so good so talented and i love him I Yeah, i would i would invent a kind of like an underdog genre and that would be me.
0: <laughs> All right, that works. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so that is our last question for you. You Yay! have been, this you. Has been so fun. You've been
1: so great. Um oh, and we want to thank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank um, you so much for having me. I'm like literally so um thankful. I I just see myself as this silly english girl that writes books and never think anybody wants no. to hear about them. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. We want to hear about you, okay? So awesome. speaking of hearing about you, we're going to give you a few minutes. We, I keep saying like, we're talking like Stevie is here. Um, You're missing Stevie, aren't you? I'm missing mm-hmm. Stevie.
1: I thought I was going like to get to meet her.
0: She's like um, my, the left side of, she's the yin to my yang. We talk about all the time. Like me. I read the dark and scary stuff and she reads the easy
1: fluff. And so like, <laughs> I'll have to come back it. next year. We'll, we'll, I'll come back on next year and we can have it another go. With oh Stevie. my God. It. Yes. No joke. For real. You need to do it.
0: <laughs> I, so I've got, I, got
1: more books under my belt
0: yes so um this is where we give you a few minutes to kind of talk about if you have a book coming out soon or like a sale going on or something and let our readers know readers motherfucker let our listeners know where to
1: find you so readers isn't wrong they probably are your readers as well readers yeah yeah (laughs) but go ahead (laughs) well yes so the next thing i've got going on like i said before is the bad wedding date um it's my first release in i think it's about 17 18 months uh fake date romance i've got the cover reveal tomorrow if we're recording now so that's thursday the 16th of december uh, and it released on january the 25th uh, pre-order is on amazon now it's going to be in kindle unlimited as well um, because I love Kindle Unlimited and I know a lot of people (laughs) don't but I am a big Kindle Unlimited fan I love that feeling where you just go and look for a book and it's bam oh it's there one click (laughs) zero pennies right now (laughs) um so yeah that's out on January 25th and then after that I am going to be writing a book call whenever you call uh, which is going to be a real sort of one night stand turned into this relationship that becomes so much more over a decade or more so that's <gasps> really fun i know it's gonna be a real like long-winded kind of thing but yeah I, I, it's, it's in my head so much i feel like it's just there waiting to burst out um, but yeah that's it really that's all i've got obviously the scouts anthology is still on sale until the january the 4th i think it is and then once that's done it disappears forever and that has got sixteen authors in it. Uh, we're I all
0: right. a Paperback of that bad boy, so I worry
1: about it. it. Ain't disappearing for me. It is massive. Have you seen it? It is like literally. Oh yeah, it's
0: in. It's in. It's in the other room over here. It's. It's literally like this thick. It's huge. You could.
1: You could use that as a weapon in one of your books to kill somebody. I love it though. <laughs> I love uh, it though. It's got some, and I, I actually love that story in there that I wrote. That was um, featuring Drake and Misha. Uh, that's kind of like a revenge story, but it's where the guy's getting revenge on the girl. Yeah, uh, yeah instead of the other way around. So yeah, that's all my release news at the moment. Um, I've got the J team on Facebook, which is open to any readers. Uh, you don't have to read my work. If anybody wants to come along and join in, we have a lot of fun on there and talk about <laughs> all sorts of books. A lot of hot men. You know, I like to uh, share my music. <laughs> my you, you'd love it. You'd love it.
0: <laughs> I gotta, I gotta now. I gotta join I,
1: I don't know if I'm already a part of it or not. Gotta get, you gotta, get, I, you gotta yeah. get in the J team. Okay, I, I ramble i ramble um i post a lot of drunken messages because you know i like my i like my coronas i like the old corona <laughs> on the night when i drink and um yeah so and anyone's welcome but yeah that's about it really for me all right great thank you again
0: so much for coming
1: on we really thanks for having
0: that. me it's been amazing and we hope to talk with you again
1: soon yes definitely and good luck with your books and whatever you're doing next as well and, stop and doing those notes